0: You for spending part of your day with us, I'm your host Jeff Smith, and this is Leading Edge. Coming up, the new leader of the nurses union here in Ohio calls out hospitals on working conditions and staffing. Also, the end of an era in Toledo business as we spend a few minutes reminiscing, which is still one of my favorite Little River Band songs. We reminisce about Harold Jaffe Jewelers closing after 75 years. But first, have you noticed all the talk about our nation's debt and the national deficit? It always ramps up this time of the year when the presidential election is right around the corner. But I wanted to have an honest discussion about understanding the two and why that understanding is important. Joining us from the University of Toledo, the Economics Department chairman, is Dr. David Black. Good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you. I want to share with people kind of an understanding of why this is important this time of the year, especially when we hear these terms coming up. So I I want you to kind of make me understand if I'm understanding this right. Debt is like me getting a credit card at 10 years of age, holding that same credit card until I'm 50 now and never paying it off. Is Is that an accurate portrayal of what it is?
1: Uh, there's a difference between, uh, the government debt and, uh, and personal, personal debt. debt. <laughs> First thing is, uh, governments have the power to, uh, tax, uh, print money, and they can borrow at much lower rates than individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as they have favorable rates in borrowing, they can shift, uh, uh they can shift the burden of taxation from current generations to future generations gotcha
0: let's let's talk a little bit of, does any of this tie into we just went through a situation here where we were hearing about government spending government defaulting possible government shutdown does any of that tie into what we've heard in the news recently as far as where the debt where the deficit is
1: well currently the uh, the difference between a deficit and a debt is the deficit is what happens in a given year and the national debt is the sum of all past unpaid deficits um, currently it, the, the national debt is quite large and to the tune of we were saying in the thirty trillion range right Correct. and there's a debt ceiling that uh, what does that mean the debt ceiling is uh, is a block, and, and that uh, currently, uh, current policy, they cannot, uh, Congress uh, tries to uh, impose fiscal responsibility on themselves mm-hmm. by saying, okay, uh, the national debt cannot exceed this value. Um, and currently, the uh, deficits are quite large and so the national debt continues to grow so they a, but they set those parameters and then they come back and they go eh
0: yeah maybe we can raise the ceiling a little bit maybe we were wrong months ago now we've got to raise the ceiling a little bit is that right
1: that's correct <laughs> um, is that fiscal responsibility <laughs> Now that's that's an opinion now, uh, yeah what I what I would say is uh, unfortunately um, in order to uh, slow the growth rate of the national debt so that it's not growing at, at a faster rate mm. than gross domestic product um, you have two choices either you raise taxes or you cut spending or you do a combination of the the two yeah and all of those choices will get, will get voters angry and, right. <laughs> and politicians do not want to get voters angry or they won't get elected. I, w-
0: I wanted to throw in a couple of things. We were talking about the numbers. As of August 2023, total federal debt was $32.6 trillion. This includes, according to reports, $25.8 trillion held by the public and $6.8 trillion in intergovernmental debt. In September 2023 the United States government had a monthly interest rate of 2.97% on its debt. That's a good interest rate, but it's not good it's not good financial sound policy as far as making sure you need the books balance. And I guess my question to you today is trying to as we get a little closer to the presidential election in 2024 and do we need to ever will we ever I'm 50 years old, I haven't asked you your age, I don't know if in our lifetimes we'll ever see a balanced budget. What would it, let me ask you this way, what would it take to get us there?
2: Uh,
1: Fiscal responsibility, but but as I said, politicians are... uh,
0: They're good at spending money.
1: They're good at spending money and they're good at cutting taxes, but uh, but when it comes to uh, fiscal responsibility, unlike individuals, governments live much longer. Mm-hmm. And therefore, as long as, long as uh, people perceive that the government is stable, they are willing to uh, purchase government debt and allow the government to continue to borrow um, about 15 years ago Euro- European had a tr- the European countries had a, had troubles with their their debt mm-hmm. and what the monetary union did is it eliminated their ability to uh, print money individual countries um, so countries like Greece had a problem with their debt and in fact it was in the range of uh... in as a percentage of gdp close to that of the where the u.s. is currently right the difference between u.s. and, and greece is U, the united states still has a independent monetary policy and they, they can print money uh, but greece couldn't and uh, so they had to uh, their debt problem uh, became realized when right. the ability of them to borrow uh, uh, became much more difficult well, as, me, the, as me- the interest rates rose to ab- uh, close to 20%. Yeah, And that's what uh, uh, hasn't happened in the United States as long as the interest rate remains handleable at 2.9%, right. uh, should should we get all
0: caught up in the fact that, you know, we're sending money here, we're sending money there, we're spending on this, we're spending on that. Should we as voters, should we as uh, citizens, should we get all caught up in that? Or or is this just a machine that will continue to work until we're dead and gone?
1: That, that's kind of what I was getting to, is, is um, when investors become tired of taking on more government debt, interest rates that that the government uh, will be able to borrow at will start to climb. And that's when things will start to impact personal uh, personal lives because as interest rates that the government has to borrow at, Mm. they're gonna have to uh, take, or become more fiscally responsible either by cutting spending or raising taxes and and the other terrible alternative would be to print money at a faster rate and printing money at a faster rate will cause more inflation and again let me that will impact every voter and every American. Inflation
0: like we've just gone through, 9% coming down I think into the two range. That's where the ultimate uh, percentage is. As we go to break and finish up here, uh, there's been some talk about a national tax um, and that potentially being the solution to bringing down the national debt, bringing down these deficits. You think that's in the cards? You think that's something that would
1: work? Are you, ju- you just have to look at other countries that already have that. and. Mm. Um, what works is um, becoming more fiscally responsible, yeah, slowing <laughs> the growth of government spending yeah. and, uh, and uh, uh, reducing the, the rate of growth of the deficit and the, the national debt. Yeah. Well, I'm going to
0: I'm gonna have to let that be the last word, Dr. Black. Thank you so much. We appreciate the insight. We'll oh, be right okay. back, right after this. Welcome back. According to a National Nursing Workforce Survey conducted by the National Council of State Boards of Nursing, the average age for an RN is 52. They say that could signal a large wave over the next 15 years of replenishing nurse staffing. But according to the Ohio Nurses Union, something else has to happen first.
3: You know, we're, we're still not seeing hospitals take the necessary steps to improve the working conditions to recruit and retain staff. Um, so we're still seeing lots of travelers in the, in the hospitals. Uh, we're still we're seeing hundreds of of vacancies in our in our facilities across the state.
0: What does that mean, travelers? Travelers in hospitals? That bouncing from hospital to hospital?
3: Yeah, bringing in temporary staff to fill to fill vacancies, usually for um, six to thirteen weeks at a time. Um, which you know, having somebody familiar with the hospital, familiar with the policies and procedures, is going to be way better for patients. Um, you know, we we provide care as a as a team, and so. Working together as a team is how you become really efficient. And so, when you're trading out players every every six to thirteen weeks, you're not going to have a strong team. So we really need hospitals to invest in having full time permanent staff, um, so that we have we have the experience at the bedside to meet patient care needs.
0: The Ohio so, Nurses, the Ohio Nurses Association fulfills what role in the state?
3: So we are a, we're a union of nurses and health professionals. So we, um, you know, we do a lot of of advocacy at the work site. We're organizing at, at several new sites and have lots of, you know, lots of interest across the state with healthcare workers wanting to unionize. In addition to that, we, you know, we monitor what's happening at the state house. Um, we are working with Representative Gambari and um, Rogers on um, House Bill 285, which is a Safe, safe staffing legislation that, and that creates legally enforceable safe minimum nurse to patient ratios. It also includes a $20 million loan to grant program where nurses um, that commit to five years at the bedside or in, in nursing education can have those loans, loans forgiven that they receive under that program.
0: You say now, as I guess, far distance as we are from the height of the Covid pandemic, are are we struggling to provide good health care here in the state of Ohio?
3: Covid really took a toll on on folks at the bedside. we've We've seen, you know twenty five to thirty percent of the of the healthcare care workforce leave. Um, and so that's an incredible burden on on those that are left. Um, you know, to say that that's not a challenge to provide the same level of care that our patients deserve and expect with a third less resources. Um, you know, we we definitely can't say that. so it is it is certainly a struggle. Um, and we need hospital executives to improve the working conditions. We need it to be safe and sustainable. So we need to come to work and know that we can do the work that we need to do, provide the care that our patients need and deserve. And leave feeling good about what we've done for the day, not not waking up in the middle of the night worrying if we missed something, if we missed made a medication error, if we missed a subtle change in vital signs. Um, You know, I,
0: I wanted to let you know, we also reached out to the Ohio Hospital Association as part of this interview today. And they when when 285 was announced in September, they came out with a statement that read mandated approaches to nurse staffing limit innovation reduce the flexibility needed to respond to patients changing care needs and increase stress on a healthcare system that's already facing an escalating shortage of nurses uh, i guess do you both share the burden in all of this or do you see it not see it
3: that way but the hospital association isn't doesn't have the same pressure and immediacy that we have at the bedside so we're looking at a patient who's in pain who's soiled themselves because there wasn't somebody there to take them to the bathroom, that that system has taken away their human dignity. We certainly have a different urgency. We have a different set of priorities. So it seems, Um, you know, healthcare is a business. There is a, there is a component of that. Um, But really the money, the money should fund the mission, not, not the mission to make all the money that you can. And so that's what they're doing right now is they're really prioritizing profits instead of safe quality patient care. Um, that's really reprehensible. When, you know, we're, we're talking about human human lives, people needing dignity and and the care to, to get better, to get back back home, back into their communities, back home for the holidays. You know, that's that's not okay. That's not okay to sacrifice in the name of profits.
0: Let me ask you real quick, going back to the code red uh, effort, which you were implementing multifaceted multi-year campaign, focusing on understaffing, also workplace violence. I, I think my audience would probably be
3: interested in knowing
0: what we're referring to there.
3: What kind of violence? So stemming back to the, um, you know, the understaffing, we're not able to meet patient care needs. And so things are things are escalating and bubbling up and turning into to violent outbursts. Um, that's no excuse to put your hands on somebody, but nurses are are being pushed, they're being punched, they're being spit on, they're being cursed at and threatened. I mean, we have people that are seriously injured in our in our hospitals um, on a on a regular basis. Um, we really need the backing and support from from everyone. Um, and that that means also hospitals, um, investing in, in the security measures that we need to, to be safe. So investing in enough security personnel, um, training, personal protective equipment. You know, we're, we're lacking on all fronts and we're going in vulnerable shift after shift, day after day. Um, and we're not seeing the improvements in the investments that we, that we need.
0: And this is where, I guess, House Bill 285 comes <laughs> in, trying to, I guess, push the ball a little bit further down the field. A couple of statistics, American Association of College Nursing anticipates that one million nurses will retire by 2030. As of today, there are over 8,000 job listings in Ohio Means Jobs website for nurses in Ohio. This paints a different picture than what we're even seeing here in Northwest Ohio. I don't know if you realize that or not, but we've got institutions like Lords University, Owens Community College, which their nursing programs are expanding by and large.
3: Ohio, before the pandemic, was projected to have a surplus of nurses by the year 2030. Now COVID certainly you know changed that dynamic, but we we're not we're not suffering from a, a shortage of nurses. We're, we're we're suffering from a shortage of nurses that are willing to work in these conditions. Um, and they shouldn't have to. We shouldn't be asking people to go in and sacrifice their bodies and their souls to do this work. It should be safe and sustainable. And that's really what the problem is. We're we're seeing nur- new nurses Around a third of new nurses are are quitting within the first year, so our our nursing schools in Ohio are are putting out thousands and thousands of new grads into the workforce every year, um, and our hospitals are chewing them up and spitting them out.
0: We'll be back right after this. It only seemed fitting in this last segment for a community affairs program to feature something with which the community has had an affair with for decades. Harold Jaffe Jewelers announced it is closing its West Toledo location and will bring to an end a household name that thousands have grown to love and adore, just like their diamonds. Jeff Jaffe joining us here from Harold Jaffe. Good to see you. Good has to this has been you. a bittersweet week for you.
2: Oh, more than yeah. yeah. It's been crazy. It's uh, the, the emotions run you know all over the place, but it's been. So gratifying uh, the people that we 've seen people from our past, people from our you know recent uh, it 's just it's it 's a blessing you
0: said you something know. to me that really stuck with me. you said we're in the business of happy
2: for sure everything we do or we have been yeah that 's what we do i mean um, everything we everything we do is is usually associated with a happy occasion birth of a baby, a wedding anniversary, you know all of those things and um Apparently, we've done a pretty good job because people come in relating these stories about what we've done for them for you know for the four four and five generations right. we've actually been working with. So um, I, I I just can't tell you it's, it's been overwhelming what we're what we're seeing and hearing.
0: What brought you to the point to say it's time to call it a career?
2: I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's um, it's 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 time. I've been uh, doing this. This is my. Probably over sixty years, sixty christmases that i 've been working, I love every minute of it, but there, you know there's a we don 't know how much time we have left yeah. and and um, I just uh, figured it was it was finally time well i 'm feeling pretty good yeah. to uh, be you able take to Take advantage yeah, of it yeah right? exactly
0: what's changed in the business over the years for you? Oh
2: my gosh, everything technology has changed everything um, it, you know you 've heard recently about all the laboratory grown diamonds, mm-hmm. all of that has changed. Uh, Watches have gone from low-tech mechanicals to high-tech electronic, back to interest in low-tech. There's, yeah, the the, the, like record players, right? (laughs) For sure, it's it's like it's it's like digital to vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, all
0: of that exactly. Talk a little bit about some of the best kept secrets that this area has had for you. What what is Toledo's best kept secret, or what is what is one of the things you adore about Northwest Ohio?
2: i the people i mean everybody I, I you can go to a you know a, a i'd say a million but you know dozens of restaurants here mm. individually owned by local people then you're going to always get a welcome and you're going to get a good meal and you're going to get a fair price um, i you know the, obviously the, the 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 things like the museum and the mud hands, and those are all things that make toledo really special yeah and then for me uh... the music scene has been so important you know the, the jazz scene and, and all of that the, the arts in 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 this community for a city its size um... are amazing
0: yeah. what what is your hope going forward for the jewelry industry and for toledo
2: well i think the nice thing about the jewelry industry is that because of the personal nature that we can have with people um, we will be able to maintain that you know the internet's changed an awful lot of stuff mm-hmm but you you can't get the personal touch off, off of the online yeah so that that is it and and, and uh... face-to-face one-on-one um, the, the things that we love to do like the custom design custom design which is the, our most important thing um... Yeah. has always gotten my juices flowing and i love fine watches and yeah, yeah i mean it's I'm sort of,
0: yeah. Good luck in retirement. Thank you. It's great seeing you. you. Congratulations again. Thank you.
2: I really appreciate the opportunity to see you. Absolutely.
0: And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back for a final time here on Leading Edge. As a reminder, if you missed any part of our conversation, you can check it out on the WTOL 11 YouTube page. My name is Jeff Smith. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for spending some time with us.